0: Hello, and welcome to episode four of season two of Existential. Thank you so, so, so much for joining us, and please enjoy the episode. All right, so today we talk about an, an interesting concept, why and what we all forgot. What is it? There, there's one underlying concept that I think a lot of us have, have forgotten, especially amidst the, the pandemic, um, or just in general and overall life, What what we have actually forgotten about we have forgotten about the pursuit of satisfaction within right we forgot about our own fulfillment we forgot about the the end game reaching the end game enjoying the journey of reaching the end game and what what the end game actually is once again right so it's just, it's that exact pursuit that we have all forgotten about and i think this is due to one big massive reason because we, in our world, right, our world, it just uh, the world of people at every different point, at every different juncture in history was different, right? 500 years ago, somebody's world, or like when you say it shakes your world, like how big your world is, how big your world is, right? That was much, much, much smaller 500 years ago, right? You have citizens of, uh, I mean, you have people. Their world was not that big. Right? Their world was not massive. Today, our world is the entire world. When you make, uh, when you have constant input of, of news and uh, reports of what's going on, it almost s- standardizes having to be on a need-to-know basis. And when you have all these different uh, inputs of news and inputs of God knows what, it is quite... It, it it's interesting because it forces you to carry the weight of the world, right? It forces you to look and make it your business. You don't want the war in Iraq to be your business. You don't want the problems of North Korea and, and American-North Korean politics to be a part of your daily life, right? Well, it's almost too bad because that's what the world around you is, is telling you, right? So that's what the world is giving you. Our world is the entire world, Right? There's today, there's very little separation between your personal world and the world around you. The world around you, the big world is the world. And I'm talking about the, and I'm not talking about nature or I'm not talking even geographically. I'm talking about politically. I'm talking about ideologically. I'm talking about socially. The entire world around you is your world, right? Your world is massive, right and when our world is so massive we forget about our own individual purpose and this is a quite an interesting thing and this is this is this is what happens when technology gets out of hand this is just again one of the repercussions of what happens when technology gets out of hand because i mean th- there are many there are many 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 but this is just one of the minor problems is that we kind of lose ourselves when we when we almost focus on what's around us so often and so much, and when there's so much media and so much everything being fed, being fed to us constantly, we're almost forced to listen. And when we listen for a long a, an elongated amount of time, we kind of sense that hey, you know this. You, you almost make it your business, right? You hit the rock so many times that eventually it's going to break, right? That's what happens. That's who we are. But I want to propose a, a sort of different approach to life. Obviously, this is not a very feasible, uh, you know, in the slightest, not a very feasible life kind of plan, especially in in modern, in, you know, in today in today's world. Right? Today's world. Today's world is not very. It's not very forgiving when it comes to when it comes to not being in tune, right? You, you in order to be a part of society, you have you can't live under a rock, right? That's one of the big things. You have to be aware. Awareness is a big thing in society. Cultural awareness, societal awareness, internal awareness of you know that that's like woke, all, all that woke culture, etc. Is all is all part of of awareness, right? And so you can't be under You can't just be living under a rock, right, this entire time. So, when you are a member of Western society, first world society, you almost sign up to having the entire weight of the world on your shoulders, right? So, moving on, here's an interesting idea, right? That it's not actually coincidence that the small things in life are what actually fulfill you. This is a little bit of a testy statement here, but the things in life that can fulfill a person are achievable by everyone to some degree in reasonable relative capacity. For example, most people, most people are able to have a family. Most people are able to... Are able to um, become uh, or subscribe to something in their lives that lasts forever, right? To be a part of something bigger than themselves. That's essentially the point, right? And not, not. I don't want to get into the conversation of, of fulfillment and inner satisfaction and all that, and you know, kind of an existential piece. But I want to get more into the conversation of the fact that what fulfills us. I guess let's just go by the premise that it's things that are bigger than us, right? It's, it's being part of something that's bigger than us, right? It brings us a sense of humility and, uh, you know, a sense of rootedness and rooted trees don't fall easily, right? That's, that's the whole goal, right? That's the whole goal. That's that whole piece, right? That you're okay. You don't have to, the tree doesn't have to fall because it's rooted, right? It's being part of something bigger. So again, It's not a coincidence that the small things in life are what fulfill you. This is also not to shoehorn God into this, but this is also a proof that God exists, right? How is it and how weirdly supernatural is it or supernatural is it that God created, that a force or God created citizens, created people in a way where they can all be fulfilled by the same thing? Right. You don't no one has to fight for a sense of uh fulfillment, right? No one you know, no one everyone is introducing, you know, crazy competition, all of life today's competition. And that's the problem. That's what we're about to talk about. But you know, it's it's the things that we can all live with, uh, you know, be it religion or be it God or be it a family, right, or friendships or relationships, etc. Right? All these societal narratives which happen to be true, which are you know highly based on uh, religious texts—they're actually, you know, quite true, and it's not a coincidence that this is what fulfills people, right? It's not a coincidence, you know. It's it's number one proof that God that God exi- that God exists, and number two, it's quite interesting because we all forgot about it, right? Which leaves us with one option, you know, which leaves us with one option, which is instead of fixating on ourselves and focusing on what's within, we focus, we we kind of transform or redi or divert the energy and the fire of our internal compass for life, our internal will to live outward. We're worried about what's going on in the outer world or we're focusing on the cultures outside or focusing we're focusing on people living uh, the way people living, the way the way other people are talking, you know, if other people are racist, if other people, uh, if other people are, you know, whatever it is, right? We have to be hyper conscious of the outside world, right? And it's almost as though the it's the inverse of what what's what the reality should be, right? Instead of focusing all that energy, instead of focusing all that all that that fire, that spirit of change and dynamism that's supposed to be from within. Right, where do people? Where do you think people are getting this passion for you know for for all this culture, for all these movements, for all these societal movements? Where where do you think that's coming from? I mean, that's not coming out of, out of out of the sky or it's not coming out of the blue. That's coming out of that's coming out of reversed internal fire, right? And obviously not. It's just my own personal theory, but. I think it has a strong level of truth to it that people, instead of kind of working on themselves or diverting that energy toward a fair cause, which not to say that activism is not a fair cause, but a lot of people seem to be, a disproportionate amount of people seem to be, you know, almost transforming, them, transforming themselves, transforming their own energy and uh, kind of flipping it onto the problems of the outside world, onto the problems of society. <coughs> excuse me um so just to continue here people are instead of um fixating on what themselves within people are now in different modes people are in competition with the world people are now not in competition with who they were yesterday they're in competition with the entire planet right they're in competition with their circumstances and hey that's not that bad of a premise when your world is not the entire universe, right? When you don't make news and politics and and the problems of the outside world your business because hey, your own internal problems are your problems and not to discredit the the magnitude of internal problems. it's it's it can be very heavy and nearly unmanageable sometimes. but to, but you know you focus on the world's problems. That's your problems and your friend's problems and his friend's problems, right? Everyone in, the, everyone in the universe's problems are all in one pot. And now you have to, you make it your goal to lift that weight off your back, right? And that's, that seems like an imbalanced, impossible, and almost pathetic goal, you know, if I can even say that. So people are in a competition with the world around them. Most people see most people have forgotten that what makes them happy that what makes them satisfied that what brings a sense of rooted happiness, a, a sense of this is it kind of happiness a sense of faded, very faded uh, meant to be sense of happiness. everyone to some capacity is able to have right especially younger generation, especially my generation, right it's it's but it's it's what's competitive it's you know what we're competitive about that separates us all right it's it's this is a very weird weird concept but it's quite true right everyone forgot what what binds them to one another right we, you know we focus on our similarities oh we we both think the same way ideologically we both think the same way in this way and that way right but you know, if we were really connected, we focus on the other side of the pattern, right? Patterns don't have to be sameness. There are also patterns of difference. There can be one, one, one. Then there are also patterns of difference. One, two, one, two, right? So, you know, a lot of times when you, when you know somebody, when you know somebody very well, you focus on what's different. Like if I know you really, really well and somebody asks me, Hey, what do you think about him? I say, yeah, well, you know, we're, yeah, we're pretty alike but he likes blueberry ice cream and I like vanilla ice cream. Right. Um, But let's say I don't know a lot about you. I focus on the similarities. Somebody asked me, what do you think about him? Well, you know, we both like, we both like black sneakers or we both like t-shirts. Right. So something like that. Right. So it's, it's, it's interesting because people are now focusing on the, the similarities. We don't know each other. So, and we establish that through actually fixating on the differences that's the key right that's the key point is we're actually fixating on the differences what separates us as opposed to what binds us if we I'm sorry the, the vice versa if we actually were binded as people if we are if we people actually connected in a way where you know because cordial cordial interaction with other human beings is much more in depth than it is right people associate cordial uh, conversation cordial interaction which is you know just you know plain colloquial uh, interaction like hi good morning how are you doing etc people think that's i mean it, 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 people have too much of a shallow opinion of what that is right being colloquial being conversational being you know a little, maybe a little bit somewhat performative doesn't mean you abandon you know you kind of got on, on autoplay and turn yourself off just Kind of go on autopilot. I mean, there is a sense of there's a sense of of realness. There's a sense of of love and unity and rootedness that is that's all within us, right? It's all with it's all within, right? So again, focusing on the two differences here. If people began to focus, uh, if b- people began to project the fire from inside out. People begin to project the positives from the inside out, as opposed to taking the positives or negatives of the world and putting them inside. Right, it'd be a much better place because, you know, the way the way people work are, uh, you know, if you if you focus on the positive within, you begin to look at the positive outside, right? But the world around you is weird in a way where it, you know, unfortunately makes you think of the negative, right? The world around you. Makes you think of the negative, and you know that's not a very great thing to focus on, right? So if we kind of just inverse the energy, where are we getting it? Where are we getting our inspiration? From? Where are we getting the conversation from? Where's the narratives coming from? All that we'd able to live in a much happier place, right? But it's what's competitive that separates us all, right? So this is what we've forgotten about. All we are fixating on is the fact it is the pursuit of satisfaction in the outside we are focused on on making the outside world better in an effort to in some way flip that cause flip that change within ourselves right we don't want to work on ourselves right we don't want to work on ourselves we're not interested in self improvement we're interested in changing the world because this accomplishes one of two things number 1 you're it. You're able to uh, almost run away from your problems or disassociate from your problems while simultaneously doing number two, which is uh, fighting for a good cause. I can run away from my problems and run to a better place, which makes me feel better, right? So it's it's the, that that's why essentially a lot of forces are projected outward, right? Instead of self improvement, instead of self improvement imp- improvement within. One's own self—it's actually projected outward. People, um, you know, pe- people are always focused, especially activists, right? That's almost all what it's all about—is—is is fixing the outside, right? And that's not a bad thing at all. I mean, it's a very, a very amazing, very moral pursuit. But it almost, you know, if if that comes at the cost of self-changing or self-improvement, then you know, it, is is—is is it really that worth it? Right there is, you know, it's it's all that's what it's all about, right? Competition. What is competition, right? It's competition. Almost boils down to two, to two things that have just come to my head right now is number one, money, and number two, femininity or masculinity. Who's stronger? Who's richer? Who is? Uh, who's stronger? Or you know, sometimes who's prettier? Who's more handsome? Who's stronger? Who's more powerful? Who you know who who gets it? You know, who, who's taller, who's better, who has a better place, who has a p- better position in this world. And then there's also money, right? Who is richer? That's also a big one, right? But it's it's um, it's um our sexuality and it's our status and it's our money. These are the, you know, almost the three pillars of competition, the three pillars of societal competition, of cultural competition. And, you know, it, it manifests or it materializes, you uh, different differently just visually but it, you know in many many cultures this is what it is right it's very very different it's money it's the fact that it's it's that same art of making a house a home right that's something we've all forgotten about these are the small things in life that fulfill somebody right the biggest the biggest answer the you know the grandest answer isn't always the right answer right It's the art of making a home. It's the you know it's the it's God. it's religion for some people it's 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 you know having a turning a house into a home for some people it's family for some people it's friends for some people it's a lifelong pursuit, a career or journey whatever it may be right but that's what it is. There is a dissatisfaction with simplicity. And is that are, are we are we to blame people for it? Absolutely not, because the truth of the matter is that there's a dissatisfaction with simplicity, simply because people are used to people are satisfied with the the uh, the magnitude of inputs, uh, you know, around them. When you have so much, when you have a hundred darts coming out you coming at you, or or you're you know you're used to receiving, uh, you know, let's say level hundred, and then. I'm I'm coming here on on this on this episode and, and talking about the and, and almost preaching about the benefits and the the amazingness and the fulfillment of of being at a level fifty. Right, it's like mm, no, not really. I, I would actually kind of rather stay at a level one hundred. Right, so and that's what happens. Right, when you carry the wor- the weight of the world on your shoulders, you have to be aware of everything that's going on. You're you're at a level one hundred. That stimuli is is so attractive. It's so it's almost addictive. That you know, euphoric sense of looking at the news and feeling the news and connecting with people on the internet, and it's just it, it, the whole world is so active and so alive and so vibrant and so much booming. Booming with, it's it's almost booming with um, with emptiness. It's booming with with the pursuit of of the self of of the of the mammalian self of the um, you know it's you're almost a slave again to the three pillars. You're a slave to the competition. And it's money. It's you know. There's that's that's almost where the dissatisfaction with simplicity comes from. Is I'm at a level hundred. I get you know hundred million inputs a day from my you know from my entire world around me, and I'm asking you. To, and I'm you know I'm kind of preaching that life should be lived where life is normally lived. You know, for most of human history, at a much lower level right, much lower and much lower level of inputs, right, there's a, there is a satisfaction with simplicity, right, and there is this, you know, almost blanketed and, and umbrella understanding through all people that, you know, this is what it is, you know, and, and the fact that you appreciate and live through simplicity makes you humble, right, the humility is actually found within the fact that you aren't living a big life, right, You know, you you look at people, it's very earnest. The earnest, uh, it's the earnestness, it's the honesty, it's the simplicity, it's the you know, the the non-action. People are satisfied with non-action. People are people saw what fulfills them in a much better way. Right. And that's that's essentially the that's essentially what's going on, right? That's what we've forgotten about, is the pursuit of satisfaction from within. And and almost that and it's just it's just crazy to see how much people how well people can get distracted because hey you know when the when your entire horizon is just skyscrapers and um, advertisements and you know for, for the satisfaction of the animalistic self in a way it becomes very difficult to focus on what legitimately satisfies you even if that could be simple or many times boring. And and with that, we are going to close. So thank you so, so, so much for listening. Our support helps. Be sure to share this podcast with all your friends and family. And be sure to tune in daily for new episodes of Existential.